0: The vineyard owner said to the vine dresser, look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down, why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, sir, let it alone this year also, till I dig around it and put on manure. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Years ago, when I moved to the United States for the first time for work, there was one thing that I absolutely did not miss about Canada, and that was our banks. Always hated Canadian banking and the way we get treated by the big six. When I went to the United States, I went to First Virginia Bank outside the town where I was living. They knew my name. They welcomed me. I got a little drink when I went in. Totally foreign experience. Maybe any of you who've traveled internationally have seen the difference between banks in the United States and banks here. That hasn't stopped our banks, of course, from trying to create a kinder, gentler image for all of us to be more welcoming. And I remember one of the first such attempts, again, right before I went to the U.S. over 20 years ago, was when the Bank of Montreal tried to rebrand itself, M Bank. Anybody remember M Bank? And I remember this hour is 22 minutes mercilessly attacked them for thinking that just by changing their name, they could make people look at them differently. And so Rick Mercer and one of his colleagues came out dressed in kind of Latino dress and looked right into the camera and said, can a bank change? Of course, their answer was C. And they began to dance the Macarena, which, of course, begins with M. That's what they thought of the idea that a bank, especially our big banks here in Canada, could change. Of course, banks can't change. We all know that past performance is the best indicator of future behavior, as Dr. Phil told us so many times. We know that a leopard can't change its spots, one of those famous British proverbs, and another one like it You can't teach an old dog new tricks. Now, at first glance, our gospel lesson for today does not seem like gospel. Good news. Seems rather like bad news. We have a bunch of people who have been killed for doing nothing more than going to church and offering their sacrifice before the Lord. We have another group of people who died when a structure in Jerusalem, a tower, fell down on top of them. And the people of Jerusalem wanted to know from Jesus, what did these people do to deserve that? They must have done something in their past that God held against them. And now, just at this right time, God has smote them and made them suffer the consequences of their actions. That's what the people thought must be happening. Jesus says, actually, They weren't any worse than any of you. You're all bad. And then goes on to tell a parable about a fig tree that won't grow fruit, which is worse than a leopard that can't change its spots or an old dog that can't learn new tricks. What's the point of having a fruit tree that isn't going to give you any fruit? And the solution is to throw manure around it. Now it's March and most of you live in the city of Montreal, but if you have the opportunity to go just out a little bit beyond the city, to the North Shore, the South Shore, out towards the West, the farm fields, you know what manure smells like. And that's what the Lord says we ought to do with the fig tree that isn't bearing fruit. Throw that all around it and see what happens. Not a pleasant experience. And it definitely doesn't sound like gospel. But the question that Jesus is asking is this, can a fig tree change? Now, the Old Testament lesson for today doesn't seem much better. It's kind of wordy. So I'm just going to read a section of it for you again. Try and pay attention. There's a lot of if the righteous do the righteous thing and they don't do the righteous thing, they do the evil thing. But try and put that all aside and just focus on these four sentences. You, son of man, say to your people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him when he transgresses. And the righteous shall not be able to live by his righteousness when he sins. Saying the same thing here. Though I say to the righteous that he shall surely live, yet if he trusts in his righteousness and does injustice, none of his righteous deeds shall be remembered. Okay, what is the Lord trying to say through Ezekiel? He's basically describing what humans think of when they think of religion. Religion, in most people's minds, is the act of storing up good deeds in your God bank account and hoping that you have enough good deeds in that account to pay off what you owe on the bad things that you've done. It's a plus-minus game, right? Well, I did two bad things yesterday, so if I do three good things today, I'm one good thing ahead of where I was the day before. The Lord speaks through Ezekiel and says, that's not how it works. There's no stocking up of good works and good deeds and good thoughts and prayers for that rainy day when you scream and yell at your friend. They will not outweigh That horrible thing that you said to your kids or your husband or your wife, the person you just thoughtlessly cut off in traffic because you weren't paying attention, or the evil thoughts that you harbor against your neighbor for their dog that barks all night long. It is not a zero-sum game. The reason why we like to think of things as a zero-sum game is we have a natural human tendency to think that humans don't change you're either a young dog or an old dog. You're a leopard or you're a tiger. You're an American bank or a Canadian bank. You're either a fruitless or a fruit-bearing fig tree, and whatever you are, that is what you stay. That has always been the problem with the human race, and it was no less a problem for the people of God in Ezekiel's time. That people thought once you've done enough good, you've demonstrated that you are a good person. But if you've done anything bad, you've demonstrated that you are a bad person. And the good and the bad stick with you the rest of your life like a permanent record that you get at school or that file that's kept on you by your boss at work. You've either stored up enough good works or stored up too many bad ones, and at the end of your life, there's nothing you can do because a leopard can't change its spots, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, and banks can't change. This is the same problem, by the way, that Jesus is addressing in our gospel reading. God punishes those people who are bad. God rewards those who have done good. Since the people in the temple were killed by Pilate, and the people under the Tower of Siloam were killed by the falling of that structure, clearly they were bad people. Otherwise, why would those things have happened to them? That's the bad news. This terrible picture that even Christians can carry around in their mind that people, once they're bad, are always bad, or once they're good, are always good. But of course, there's also tremendous good news in both of these passages. Good news for the people that might think that that bad thing that they did 22 years ago is never going to be wiped out of the permanent record, and that they've got to carry it for the rest of their lives. What we say think, and do is less important than who we are becoming. And most importantly is who we are in Christ. The good news in Ezekiel is there. If you listen really closely and reread that very complex passage again, because it tells us that God is not in the smiting business God isn't waiting to see people do bad things so that he can come and drop a bomb on them. God is actually in the business of taking bad people and changing them and making them to be holy in his name through his son. God is not out to get anybody. He, in fact, has no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back, the Lord says. Turn back from your evil way, for why will you die, O house of Israel? And the only reason that he can ask us to turn is because we can change. Old dogs can learn new tricks. Leopards can change their spots. Fig trees that weren't bearing fruit can suddenly give an abundant crop. This is the good news from Ezekiel. And it's also the good news in the gospel of Luke. Change is not easy, but God can do the impossible. That's the point of that parable. Yes, you are all evil, Jesus says. All of you deserve to have a tower of Siloam fall on you. I deserve to be killed, offering the sacrifice at the altar. This is who we are. But then Jesus, the bind dresser, comes along and says, what if I use all of the bad stuff that's happening in their lives to cause them to grow into me, to point them to the cross, to remind them of who they are as baptized people of God? And that's precisely what God does with us in our lives. Sometimes it's big things. Pastor, why is God allowing this pandemic to fall upon us? As mild as it might have been, and now we are hopefully coming out the end of it, why would God let this afflict both the good and the evil alike? It's manure. It's what it is. Thrown around the base of the tree to see if we can love one another, look after one another, stay together and not turn on one another. One could say the same thing of war. We've had sort of a malaise in the Western world where we have thought that evil is no big deal. It's not a big thing. Evil is the fact that somebody said something mean about me on Instagram. War reminds us that evil is all too real. And if you give horrible weapons of destruction, evil people, they will use them to do evil things. That's the kind of manure that's meant to wake us up to the fact that evil is real. It is a powerful force in the world, and there is one behind that evil who does not have our best interests at heart. There is a spiritual one in the world who wants us desperately to doubt God, to despair over our lives, and to hate one another. That's Satan's primary, primary job. To turn us against God, to turn God against us, and to turn us on one another. Whether it's COVID, whether it's war, whether it's a personal illness, whether it's something that's happened to you that's very near and dear to your heart, Paul says to the Corinthians, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil. They happened to us that we might look at them and say, this is a real problem. And I am thankful that we have a real God who sent his real son to die on a real cross that you and I might be delivered and truly raised him from the dead, that you and I might know that death itself is not the end. That we who are housed in these mortal bodies can change into immortal people, truly becoming leopards with no spots old dogs doing new tricks. Jesus can even make barren fruit trees to grow where the law might come and say, cut the tree down. It has shown no fruit. it has shown no value. There is no purpose in having it in this orchard anymore. Jesus comes along and says, I am just going to keep throwing stuff around it till I can get the thing to grow. And do you notice where the text ends? We don't know what happens in the next year. And I'm convinced from my reading of the Gospels that what happens next year is it's the same conversation. Well, we gave it another year and it's still not bearing fruit. I probably used the wrong manure. Let me try again, because I believe, Jesus says, I can get that tree to change. And that's the good news. Every day, brothers and sisters in Christ, for you and I, is a new day, a clean slate, as if nothing that happened before matters. God says, I don't want you carrying the burdens of yesterday and last week and last month and last year with you. It becomes too much. Who can look out for the good of their neighbor when they're carrying the guilt of everything they did wrong on the backs and on their shoulders? Jesus comes and delivers us from that guilt and says, I forgive you, your sins are taken away, that you might start the day light. Say, God has once again proven to me that he can make me change. That is the good news for today, that what happened yesterday and last month and last year doesn't count. Relationships can always be restored. Hearts can always be unbroken. Lives can always be turned around. Countries can always be rebuilt. And even the dead can be raised in Christ. You and I are forgiven, cleansed, reconciled with God. The sins of the past count for nothing anymore. And while God might still throw manure around us, it is only there to get us to grow. Leopards can change their spots. Old dogs can learn new tricks. Maybe even banks can change. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.